Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, Brexit. Yeah. Do you think we could get another extension on it before we record this episode? Uh, yeah. This episode should be coming out sometime between June 30th and October 31st, 2019, depending on... I think we're going to have a referendum of all of our listeners. Yeah, but... I mean, even then, no promises. We might go back and renegotiate this. Yeah, it depends whether or not we want to release the episode all at once, or if we're <laughs> gonna. We have to talk to our different platforms, which we release on. Whether or not we can uh, negotiate some sort of uh, staggered release, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And do we want a hard border between those platforms or soft? I, this is the problem: is the RSS feed interacting <laughs> with all of these different platforms? <laughs> Oh, the jokes. This I is... honestly I honestly feel as though iTunes is the Ireland of our Brexit <laughs> release. <laughs> our Brexit episode. It took a long time to get it, and now it's a real problem. Uh, but Google Play listeners, if you're having issues with the release of our episodes, find us on SoundCloud because... Sometimes it takes a little longer to come out on Google Play. Yeah, but we're working on we're it. We're getting that sorted out. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about this episode. We're talking about Brexit. We're talking about whether or not this collection of countries is going to leave this other collection of countries. Uh, there are many governments involved, some of which are more or less democratic than others, <laughs> uh, some of which some people care about, but potential elections to be had in the future. But we're not talking about elections this time. We're mm-hmm. talking about the exceptionally drawn out process that happened because of a vote about two Mm -hmm. years ago and kaylee if you can just give us a quick recap of what the european union is and why the uk wants to leave it so yeah the european union is a a collection of uh, i think about 27 states if you still include the uk is it it's a you know a common economic market uh the uh, uh freedom of movement within the European Union, although notably the UK is not actually part of uh, the Schengen uh, zone, which is the free movement zone. Um, so basically, it's it's meant to be an agreement among states to sort of ease the movement of goods and services uh, for the for the UK's purposes. That's the primary draw of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, um, I think what did we say? It was the third most uh, powerful economic body in. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. By real GDP, I think second only behind the United States, mm-hmm. and in purchasing power, second only behind China. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a huge economy. Twenty two percent of the world's economy, almost twenty trillion dollars in GDP, encompassing half a billion people. Yes, and and it's it it has a tremendous amount of power. I mean, within Canada, we've recently negotiated CETA, which is a trade agreement with them, and that was a huge deal for for both Canada and the European Union but they so basically the European Union can negotiate as a block their trading agreements um, and set standards for all the countries within it that they have to yes. um, abide by as well as like it essentially is a, a voting a, a block of countries that can all act together on things if you really want to simplify it and within that group of countries the way things are the way things are you yeah. don't get to go and necessarily make your own choices and have your own autonomy within certain within certain levels. Yeah. And I mean, there's there is some movement on that. I mean, I think uh, previous to Brexit, if you looked at the UK, the UK is probably the country that has negotiated the most exceptions for themselves within the European Union yeah. and 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 movement of the rules. But yeah, it's I mean, there's a lot of good 
in it uh, for a lot of these countries. They're, they get access to each other's markets much more easily. Mm-hmm. They also, uh, yeah, they can there's people can move within and access all their services freely. Um, it's it's a really big deal, and it, and and when it happened, it was a really exciting like possibility for governing in the future and for uh, for the concept of unions like this similar in the future. Yeah, and kind of off track, but with the UK wanting to leave, there are other countries that want to join. Like it's a thing yeah. that people like uh, mm-hmm. that a lot of that a lot of countries like and are excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK is within the EU, the second largest economy, yeah. uh, t- basically tied with France, mm-hmm. but uh, one one of the one of the more powerful players in the union. And Britain or the UK leaving the union mm-hmm. would be quite a blow to the European Union generally. Yeah, it and I mean, also a blow to the UK. Yeah, yeah, I I mean there's some debate about who is uh you know uh losing the most in this. Um but it, I mean to the to the leavers point, they do technically the UK is one of the few countries that puts in more money than it receives, but I think that uh you can look at different numbers in different ways and get different uh uh takeaways from that. There I think there are arguably uh, ways that that balances out but yeah because the uk is one of the more powerful mo- members it it does put a lot of money into the eu's budget yeah and if so we can't really talk that much about why we're having brexit and what mm-hmm. the european union is but if you want and you haven't listened yet we do have episodes on the european union and brexit back from like 2015 and 2017 i think respectively yeah. from when these things actually happened yeah. um but that's kind of what the eu is generally and why the brexiteers would like to get out of there Mm -hmm. uh it should be noted though that the the eu does have a government and they have elected members Mm -hmm. which will come up later and so they have a government and the uk is a government within a government even though it has subsidiary countries as well Mm -hmm. and so without further (laughs) without further ado um let's talk more about countries how they interact and their borders kaylee and well, so yeah so i would before we get in that i would like to mention that um the brexit we made some pretty wild predictions about uh scotland leaving and and how we thought that would go so so before we get into this uh we may say some new things but that was kaylee and alex in 2015 <laughs> when things were different <laughs> <laughs> okay so no i'm not getting into it we're not talking about what, whether or not this could have a domino effect on the uk as well but okay mm-hmm. so if the if brexit happens yeah which is still an if yes if the uk does indeed leave mm-hmm. the european union there is a slide about the future economic relationship going around that you can look up at home if you're listening mm-hmm. called just google future economic relationship eu slide and on this slide it talks about how May, uh, Theresa May has these red lines, mm-hmm. which she's not willing to cross. These are things that are absolutely required for Brexit to be Brexit, right? Mm-hmm. And so essentially all of these red lines limit the possibility of any future relationship with the EU, which is which the EU has with countries that aren't necessarily member states right now, mm-hmm. which the UK will not be a member state. Yeah. Can you maybe talk about what the red lines are and... <laughs> Just quickly, briefly, why each of those countries' relationships won't work and why it might end up to that the UK has a relationship like Canada with the EU. All right. So, I mean, a lot of the... 
a lot of the problems with the the red lines are that in some ways yeah through the other agreements um these countries have, have like um Norway has an agreement uh to different degrees they all have had to make compromises that would mean that may's red lines don't work like she wants to take control of their own laws so the eu would not have any say in some of their laws but the eu has strict regulatory rules and um that they would require in order to create create these agreements um they want to uh protect the historic tie with ireland um and 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 maintain the cta so that i mean that in itself is is pretty difficult you want to maintain your borders but and you don't want to like draw a border between ireland and and the rest of the uk but you don't want to remain in the common market like there's a lot of contradiction within what may's red lines want for it's hard to it's hard to keep an open border with ireland and secure the trade of your country yeah okay so those okay let's break each one of these down then. yeah all because, right so, yeah it's big uh what you said about some of your some of the regular regulatory uh changes that the e that the uk wants to have their own autonomy so that would have to do with the e the uk wanting regulatory autonomy regulatory autonomy within its trade policy mm-hmm. as well as no european court of justice mm-hmm. uh a, um jurisdiction within the uk's borders yeah uh and so that's because the UK wants to be able to negotiate its own deals with everybody and do whatever it wants. Mm-hmm. Um, the Irish border that Kaylee just mentioned has to do with the no freedom of movement because currently within the EU, any a citizen of any member state can go to another member state and work mm-hmm. and do whatever they want there yeah. and come back to their own country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the UK doesn't want that because people believe that people are coming from mainland Europe to the UK and taking their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um the issue with the Irish border that yeah. Kaylee mentioned was that um, there is a historically very sensitive border. The The UK's only land border with mm-hmm. another country is between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And that border would have to be closed mm-hmm. if <laughs> the if they want no freedom of movement between European member state countries such as the Republic of Ireland yeah. and the UK. Uh, but the UK also has a policy in which they will never create a border between the <laughs> Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is in the UK. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is these are the kind of contradictions within the red lines that we're talking about, which make it almost impossible to actually figure out. There are dozens of proposed ways to get around this, none of which are really that satisfactory, especially on this Irish border. Problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Irish border problem, I think, is it's the it's the thing that you see repeatedly referenced. And and I think it's it's both a the biggest challenge and be the biggest example of how like there's just no there isn't a good way to do this um, without something that that the uh, May's government and uh, don't want to do that. You're going to have to do something you don't want to do in there and you got to decide which one of those things it is. Um, yeah, like several countries have trade economic, future economic relationships that are not membership, but are slight, uh, are a little scaled back from that, but they have had to make significant compromises and all would require crossing a red line. And, and I think like, 
I don't know, do you come to the table and not think you have to make any compromise on what yeah. you, you know? Especially some of these some of these uh, non-member states that have strong interactions and relationships mm-hmm. with uh, the EU, especially proposed future member states mm-hmm. such as Ukraine and mm-hmm. Turkey. Yeah. Uh, they're, they really do have pretty big concessions without getting a whole lot back from the EU right now. Like Turkey just... It, gave up their independent trade policy mm-hmm. right and they're doing that within the eu with very few uh mm-hmm. kickbacks to them in yeah. the hopes that in future they can join as a member yeah. state and 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 we don't have time to dive into it but turkey <laughs> joining the eu is uh i think we touched on on it in our eu episode like a few years ago now is still just as far away like it's but they're willing to make these compromises. I think you also see with a country like Norway, which is economically very powerful, but because it's in that region, not making significant compromises to be pretty heavily tied to the EU is Mm -hmm. not really an option because the whole body is, is it's so encompassing of the continent. Yeah. And so kind of on this future economic relationship type thing, uh, the model, which, uh, doesn't cross any UK red lines, mm-hmm. which would be no ECJ jurisdiction, no freedom of movement, uh, those types of things. Regulatory autonomy is what people call the Canada plus plus model. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in looking that up, that's kind of how Canada now has this strong free trade agreement with the with the European Union. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the UK would be looking for something like that. But as the plus plus uh, denotes, there would be an even closer ties, almost Mm -hmm. like there's some sort of union between the countries. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the big issue there. It's it's like, yeah, this see, it's a trade agreement. It's not uh, it's not uh, what they want. And to add the plus plus, I don't know what what they why they think the EU would want to do that, really. But we'll see. Yeah. And I think we should. We should note that there is an alternative to all of these different deals that cross all of these red lines, mm-hmm. which is the no deal Brexit, which yes. I am almost certain nobody wants. Oh, well, <laughs> no. It uh, well, highly, okay. But... <laughs> there are, uh, there is no good reason for anybody to want <laughs> a no deal Brexit <laughs> because afterwards, all they have to do is renegotiate deals. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the UK cannot just survive with no economic ties whatsoever no. to Europe. Yeah. It, a no deal exit mostly just means that it's going to be a very sudden and hard shock to the UK. Um, and then years negotiating things they could have just negotiated rather than having no deal. Um, yeah. You, I think you're completely right. Um, but there are a lot of. Um, the, that that's like the big problem I think May experiences within her own party is that there are just a surprisingly large, well, maybe not surprisingly, depending on how you look at it, large number of people who, um, you know, say, well, let's not drag this out. Let's just exit. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So I think what we can kind of move into now is this is kind of the background. And there was a lot, there's a flurry of activity around Brexit mm-hmm. over the last month and a half or so. Yes. Uh whereby the deadline for the UK to leave the EU was rapidly approaching. And so the UK finally was trying to decide on what kind of uh, deal they would propose to the European Union, which the European Union still would have to agree to. Mm -hmm. Um, And much of that was to try to avoid 
in the in the first case, May's government being voted down in historically bad ratios. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also a flurry of indicative votes to try to find a way to avoid a hard Brexit, mm-hmm. which many people are wanting different things from these indicative votes and different plans to move forward, all of which, and we've talked about this in the in the past, this kind of first past the post majority winner takes all uh, voting of there's a lot of good ideas, but mm-hmm. to get everybody to agree on one good idea, it's really hard to get a majority. Yeah. And, and I think um, in several articles I, I noted is like compromise for a parliamentary system, compromise in the UK system is like just not really a thing um, in comparison. I think that's something that um, some e- some EU members with similar parliamentary systems find confusing a little bit in that why is this so deadlocked because nobody's willing to compromise with one another. But yeah, there the par the UK Parliament is quite fractured. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of different subgroups within it, which yeah. I think is common of all of most governments. Yeah. Um, and the issue is that it's really hard to compromise on such kind of a winner takes all yes thing. Yeah. It's like you're not exactly what I want, and I can't compromise with that mm-hmm. because if I if you add something that I want, then somebody else just definitely mm-hmm. doesn't want. Everybody has a lot of must-haves and must-not-haves yeah and and they don't seem willing to budge on it and i think a lot of these a lot of the hopes with the deadlines was that like oh if we put this eminent sense of doom people will move on it and that didn't really happen but yeah may yeah may put through three three votes on her plan um she was even trying to put through a fourth she hung her prime ministership on it although she scaled that back and isn't gonna do that now (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of stuff we can't get into this episode but Theresa may saying if you vote for this i will literally not be prime minister anymore (laughs) i will quit and then people still not really taking a word for that and then The next day, she's like, well, I didn't really say that. I said something about I wouldn't necessarily. It was like super vague wording. Yeah. It makes the whole thing really hard to understand anyway. I think it's it's not dissimilar to like playing chicken, you know? It's like, who's going to call yes. first? Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, something that I think is interesting from a democracy point of view, mm-hmm. and since we are a show about democracy and voting, yeah. um, is that so we held this referendum and mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about referendums before mm-hmm. and why they could cause issues. Yeah. Um, and now, so the referendum said the, the, the voice of the people was mm-hmm. we want to leave the EU and it was a slim, slim yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, majority. And so, and something that is really interesting to me is Theresa May bringing back her deal mm-hmm. three times to the floor with mm-hmm. very minor changes after yeah. the, the first two were essentially the same. And the speaker mm-hmm. said, you can't do this yeah. because it's really interesting to me how you can have something be shot down over and over and over and over again, <laughs> but it only has to pass once. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. once it works, then that's like then that's a positive action. And so you can't undo it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think everybody's so scared, because if something passes, it's done. Yeah. And if you just it, it just keeps passing the buck by saying no, 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 no. Yeah. And I think I think there is maybe something worth talking about there, maybe in a future episode about how of how these positive action votes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird how it only has to happen once yet. It can be said no to. No, at this point, 
a dozen times of different deals being said <laughs> no to leave, right? And yeah. in the past month, like there were literally what two rounds of indicative votes mm-hmm. with seven votes each, all of which were a no. Yeah, and then three rounds of the government votes. That's like eighteen different votes saying no, not that way to leave. Yeah, and yet here we are still trying to leave. Yeah, and I think yeah, it, it's like it's a few things. It's like no, who really wants to get stuck with this? You know, in the end, like you're if it doesn't go well, no one in that parliament is going to come out the better for it. Um, and and where you stand on it will probably be pretty important at the end of the day. So it feels important to in terms of re-election to being in the right spot. I mean, arguably, it feels important because you want to represent your constituents. But, you know, mixed bag <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> but I, I yeah, and it's also it's like, what is the best deal you can get if you make your I mean, in theory, you shouldn't be able to put the exact same thing forward. And people do abuse that by only making very minor changes. But I think it is reasonable to have votes on like that. It only has to pass once. Well, like in theory, if you do make the changes to make the compromise that needs to happen, happen, then maybe we should vote and it should get to pass uh, having come back to it. Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of the point of gen. I guess we've never actually done an episode on parliamentary process. <laughs> uh, but so, but normally uh, motions are gone or uh, have a first and a second reading and they get proposed to the floor and they get voted to be co- to come back and come back. And then finally, generally on a third reading, uh, it's whether or not to move this motion mm-hmm. into law. Yeah. Um, and so there is kind of this back and forth uh you know, going back to the drawing board, changing things, bringing it back. Then after it goes through the House, sending it to the Senate, and the mm-hmm. Senate says no, and they send it back. So there kind of is this, this back be, yeah. and forth, right? But it's just like putting a motion forward at the first at the first motion, mm-hmm. and them saying no, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, like literally out of uh, how many seats? Six hundred and fifty seats. A vote oh, of like yeah. over. Four hundred and twenty-seven yes. to like one hundred and ninety or so, yeah, or one hundred and seventy, mm-hmm. like just crazy margins mm-hmm. uh, for a government being shut down. Um, not not shut down as in the American government, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but you know, told told mm-hmm. no firmly, yes, yeah. Um, and actually, I think, and I know we're not, but getting into this parliamentary process, it's really interesting how yeah, sure. close some of these votes actually are. Yeah. And the speaker casting a vote for the first time in mm-hmm. some 20 years yeah. um, to specifically the way that the speaker votes is normally to make the debate keep going. Mm-hmm. So if it had been on the first or second reading of a bill, it yeah. they would have voted yes mm-hmm. to go to the next set of debates. But because it was at a stage in which the bill would actually be passed, the speaker says, no, go back yeah. and talk about it more. And I think something important to note is like, so they did a lot of indicative votes and some were clearly more popular than others. Yes, very, um, very close. Losing by margins of two votes. Yeah. And then others losing by margins of like 100 votes. So it's, yeah. And, and a lot of people abstaining a lot of the time, probably in the, with the hopes that maybe like something, they, maybe they don't have to vote this time. So if you calculate pe- more people voting in, like maybe it would pass next time. And those are, those really close ones are the ones that you'd really like to see, like kind of keep going. Like what is, yeah. why was that so close, you know? And, um, but you kind of get all tossed out, I guess. And if it wasn't a series of indicative votes, if it was, okay, it's either this or nothing, mm-hmm. 
some of those vote some of those would maybe have the potential (laughs) to to pass although we have seen with this uh, whole brexit process that this or nothing has often resulted in nothing (laughs) in nothing yeah um so okay we're going long we're trying to keep this short and so we had all of these votes right Mm -hmm. everybody said no yeah we had a lot of good ideas they all said no again they don't really address the the Ireland border. Yeah. But, okay. It doesn't matter. We're plowing ahead. Um, but okay. So in the part that you can actually vote on and control, and it mm-hmm. seems like there is a way forward, and mm-hmm. um, everybody said no. Mm-hmm. But something did happen. Mm-hmm. Theresa May went to Brussels. Yes. And asked if we can say no for a little bit longer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that was that was interesting in that i think it did very little in the end like so um you had she went to brussels and you gotta think that the european union is getting pretty tired of this they have other things they want to be doing and every two weeks they've had to basically (laughs) do these meetings with theresa may (laughs) Um, you sound like a representative of the french government right now (laughs) well i I mean that i think that's uh you're knocking on my point here um (laughs) so the idea was that either they should leave or should they get a really long extension and um i think france decided to put its foot down and say we don't want to give them a really long extension so they compromised and gave them until halloween (laughs) yeah um (laughs) seemingly arbitrary but i guess it does um it's it's not it's not really that arbitrary but it does yeah there there are some important dates that fall inside of this which i guess we can get into june 30th is an important date Mm -hmm. when because essentially (laughs) now that we have an extension Mm -hmm. there are three general types of elections or votes that Mm -hmm. can happen that are very important and big Mm -hmm. there is another uk general election that can happen within this time Mm -hmm. and so we can give it to another government to decide what to do there is potential for another referendum on the idea of brexit whether or not to brexit at all or whether or not the type of brexit the people would prefer Mm -hmm. and a third election which will be the which will happen the european union uh members election in which the uk will be selecting new members of European Parliament. Yeah, that's and that one's really important because that's the hard line that the EU drew. Like you yeah. they said you have to have members if you're going to stay beyond June thirtieth, it yes. looks so or else you're you're gonna have to hard brights it. It's it there's a couple other hard lines, but that's the most pressing one at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And Macron and the French and other people as well are upset mm-hmm. because if the EU because the UK can't stay so long that the European um, budget <laughs> has yeah. to be uh, projected for the next uh, round of mm-hmm. budgetary approvals, which aren't yearly. They're on a longer cycle. Mm-hmm. And so if the UK is sticking around and you don't know whether or not their money's going to be in the budget and whatnot. So that's another yeah. that that's slightly further down the line, yeah. but also and an important line to cross that and the threat of. Um, several like UKIP and and sort of strong levers are threatening to sort of elect members that would obstruct the EU uh, budget yeah. and 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 be obstructionist in their matters. Um, yeah. which you know I think is not going to endear the UK to the EU at all. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so because that is important because some UK or some European Union bodies mm-hmm. um, require the unanimous vote of member states. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The majority of them do not, and it doesn't really impact them. But there are some uh, <laughs> bodies inside of the EU which, if they were elected hard Brexiteers to, yeah. um, could potentially throw a wrench in it not going to dive deep in that but yeah, it's a potential I would, I would say yeah like if you want to know more about that truly i think we did cover that in our eu election our eu episode and it is interesting and important understanding what's going on with brexit and why it's important mm-hmm. to the eu that it goes a certain way yeah so we got this extension now right mm-hmm. or the uk got this we didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> but the uk got this extension yeah um imagine if we got so... involved <laughs> uh so what's gonna happen now like going forward um how do the how do people feel about this because there are you know real people living Mm -hmm. in the uk living in uh the republic of ireland living in northern ireland living in the eu which this actually impacts and vote on these things yeah some people don't get a vote on these things Mm -hmm. when they feel like they maybe should um how we, we and we've talked about the democracy in the eu and whether or not people feel like they're truly represented mm-hmm. but how do the, like what is the, what is the sentiment within the uk on this so i think things are going uh the polls would indicate uh bad the sentiment is uh mad um the leave and both leave and remain are like in the 80s in agreeing um, so, like, this is opposite sides of the debate are both in agreement that the government has handled this badly. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all sort of in, um, I think that Lee, I know Remain really truly believes will be worse, worse off. And I think that the overall number of the whole population as well has increased to, like, in the 70% that believe that with the current agreements as they stand, the UK will be worse off leaving. So everybody's basically feels it's going to be worse there's a lot of also annoyance at the tension that they're sort of constantly living in i think that's for sure yeah but i think the general sentiment is frustration and uncertainty i know you have a lot like specific industries like the auto industry have been pretty badly affected uh Mm -hmm. with like companies not investing anymore due to uncertainty yeah the financial industry london is a huge financial center basically Mm -hmm. for all of europe Mm-hmm. and uh this constant whether or not it's going to be international now or whether because it it has huge implications mm-hmm. not only for basically what a lot of people mm-hmm. in the uk are so upset about yeah. uh, migration for work um yeah. and also uh, cross-border uh investment and something that i think kaylee and i are probably maybe more invested in mm-hmm. <laughs> than a lot of people but <laughs> academic funding yeah um yeah. in the uk a lot something like 80 percent of academic funding for science in the yeah. uk comes from eu grants mm-hmm. yeah and amounts. it has like these huge impacts on these people who just normal people who are like a graduate student yeah. <laughs> in the uk being like i don't know if i'm gonna have funding next year because yeah. i don't know whether or not we're gonna be here and 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 but and like so and even not just students like i mean like the auto industry is very much a population that probably voted to uh leave um and the fishing industry is also one that is very ill prepared for like a hard exit or a soft exit it's going to be hard on them um and that group also voted in the majority to leave like these are uh, there's a lot of questions and a lot of outcomes that don't look great. And so understandably, people are pretty angry. Um, 
and 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 it's sort of at the I think it can seem very like the upper echelons are back and forth thing about this and and don't really care about their specific like pains and the way that this is affecting their day-to-day life mm-hmm. and so there is probably going to be a general election yeah i think that's hard to tell um the general election doesn't have a lot of time to happen if it's going to happen um but it's certainly a real possibility i think that yeah the referendum or the general election are the two most likely outcomes um but both still again it's uh this option or nothing situation and then there's still the chance we'll get nothing (laughs) Uh, exactly because and let it be known that the eu has mm -hmm. said Mm -hmm. uh, even in the speech about getting an extension for the uk Mm -hmm. um they have said again and again at any time the uk can revoke its article 50 appeal yeah and it can say we don't want to leave anymore and the eu will say you know yeah and the, no and, harm, no foul. Stick around, buddy. <laughs> and like to revoke Article Fifty doesn't mean that you or it, to, you can't do it again. You you know it, it's just it takes the clock off. It it turns the clock off, and you could you could restart Article Fifty later down the line when you figure things out a little bit or you're in a better mm-hmm. position. But yeah, that's and I think also the EU has said like, hey, if you get to October thirtieth first and uh, you're not there, um, but you've elected um meps you can also we can talk about another extension like if you're going to do a general election or a second referendum i think that there is a willingness to give them time to do that yeah so there are definitely a lot of options for the uk right now Mm -hmm. not a lot of things people are happy about but there will definitely be a lot of votes and a lot of debate going forward uh, on on what happens with the uk and whether or not they they stay or go and how it happens yeah but yeah. something that's not up for debate mm-hmm. is that probably about politics is staying in the game. We're not going anywhere. No, you can't and even vote us out. <laughs> you can't vote on anything. This is not a democracy. <laughs> uh, but we are going to be here all summer again. Last year, we did our summer school uh, five episode series. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be continuing that this summer uh, with a few different um educational episodes kind of more background on democracy and whatnot if you have any ideas that you want to hear talked about make sure to tweet them at us at prob politics or send mm-hmm. them along by email at probably about politics at gmail.com yeah. or uh fire kaylee or i a text if you <laughs> <laughs> if we've are, given you our cell phone numbers, yeah. yeah um and look out for some more election coverage throughout the summer we're going to try and increase our output a little bit uh and also maybe one or two more interviews with people with even more expertise. Yeah. Imagine somebody with more expertise than us. <laughs> so that's what our summer plans are looking like. Um, if you have any political summer plans, make sure to tweet them at us. Let us know what yeah. you're doing Love and also what you'd it. like us to do. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this difficult episode of probably about politics. I don't think we've cleared much of it, but it wasn't very clear to begin with. So that's Brexit. Thanks for listening to Probably About Politics. Don't forget to rate the podcast, comment, and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts.